Chapter thirty five of the Fiend's Delight by Ambrose Bierce. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by April six zero nine zero. Tall Talk A Call to Dinner. When the starving peasantry of France were bearing the inimitable fortitude, their great bereavement in the death of Louis Le Grand, how cheerfully must they have bowed their necks to the easy yoke of Philip of Orleans who set them an example in eating which he had not the slightest objection to their following a monarch skilled in the mysteries of the cuisine must wield the sceptre all the more gently from his schooling in handling the ladle in royalty the delicate manipulation of an omelette souffle is at once an evidence of genius and an assurance of a tender forbearance in state policy all good rulers have been good livers and if all bad ones have been the same this merely proves that even the worst of men have still something divine in them there is more in a good dinner than is disclosed by the removal of the covers where the eye of hunger perceives but a juicy roast the eye of faith detects a smoking god a well-cooked joint is redolent of religion and a delicate pasty is crisp with charity the man who can light his after-dinner havana without feeling full to the neck with all the cardinal virtues is either steeped in inequity or has dined badly in either case he is no true man we stoutly contend that that worthy personage epicurus has been shamefully misrepresented by abstemious and hence envious and mendacious historians either his philosophy was the most gentle genial and reverential of antique systems or he was not an epicurean and to call him so is a deceitful flattery we hold that it is morally impossible for a man to dine daily upon the fat of the land in courses and yet deny a future state of existence beatific with beef and ecstatic with all edibles another falsity of history is that of heliogabalus was it not dining off nightingales tongues no true gourmet would ever send this warbler to the shambles so long as scarcer birds might be obtained it is a fine natural instinct that teaches the hungry and cadaverous to avoid the temples of religion and a short-sighted and misdirected zeal that would gather them into the sanctuary religion is for the oleogenous the fat-bellied cly-saturated devotees of the table unless the stomach be lined with good things the parson may say as many as he likes and his truth shall not be swallowed nor his wisdom inly digested probably the highest ripest and most acceptable form of worship is that performed with a knife and fork and whoever on the resurrection morning can produce from amongst what the lumber of his cast-off flesh a thin-coated and elastic stomach showing evidences of daily stretchings done in the body will find it his readiest passport and best credential we believe that god will not hold him guiltless who eats with his knife but if the deadly steel be always well laden with toothsome morsels divine justice will be tempered with mercy to that man's soul when the author of the lost tales represented sisyphus 
as capturing his guest the king of terrors and stuffing the old glutton with meat and drink until he became a jolly rubicund tun-bellied death he gave us a tale which needs no hic fabula dose to point out the moral we verily believe that shakespeare writ down fat jack at his last gasp as babbling not o green fields but o green turtle and that that starveling coley sibir altered the text from sheer envy at a good man's death to die well we must live well is a familiar platitude morality is of course best promoted by the good quality of our fare but quantitative excellence is by no means to be despised goteris paribus the man who eats much is a better christian than the man who eats little and he who eats little will pursue a more uninterrupted course of benevolence than he who eats nothing End of chapter thirty five